Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced, and you are listening to my podcast, where I talk about whatever I want to talk about. And today what I want to talk about is financial market stuff. For those of you who don't know, I work for a decade in the financial industry, primarily training people on all sorts of financial topics, like financial licensing, sales training, all sorts of different fun stuff. And one of the things I think it's important to understand is the idea of like leveraging margin, because it helps understand a lot about why one stocks and all assets, Bitcoin, everything's going to go down when interest rates go up. And also just kind of like why things eventually hit a bottom. Okay, so essentially what happens is when you're talking about investments, what people often do is they borrow against the assets they invest in. So we do this when we buy a house. Okay, you're familiar with maybe familiar with a mortgage where you're borrowing against the value of the house. The house is the collateral and they'll let you borrow. And generally with houses, they'll let you borrow a lot more, almost the full value of the house. The reason being is that houses generally don't go down very often and they very often go up in value. So it's fairly prudent on the bank side to lend you a large amount against that particular asset. But when it comes to like stocks, stock prices fluctuate a lot more. So the amount you can generally borrow against stocks is a lot less, okay? And then you go into the crypto market, it's the Wild West, it just depends on who you're borrowing from. And often, I'll get get there eventually. But bottom line is, the idea is you need money to buy X, so you're borrowing against the value of X. And then what happens is that one day you can't pay the loan, you then just give them the thing. So you'll give them the house, you give them the stocks, you give them the crypto, they'll sell it and then pay back the loan from the, from the proceeds. And that's essentially how most, uh, and this is what's referred to as leveraging. Okay. The idea is you're borrowing money to make money. Okay. And the idea is that if I invest other people's money, I'm going to make a lot more money based on the money I put in. So think about it this way. I put a hundred dollars into stocks and it turns into $200, I made a hundred bucks, okay? Uh, but I only doubled my money because I only went from the hundred that I started out with and now it's 200, so I doubled my money. But with like margin, which is the way you generally borrow money against stocks, I can put in 50 bucks and buy a hundred dollars with a stock. So when it doubles, I still have the, I still like, you know, it's still $200 worth of stock, but, it, but based on the money that I put up front, 50 bucks, I have now four times my money. Okay. So basically the idea is that the more money I can make off somebody else's money, the more I make and the more investments I can make. And to get so basically what happens is that people will take out, you know, do these kinds of loans. They'll borrow money to buy an asset. And generally if the asset goes up in value, you're allowed to leverage yourself even more. So let's say I, I buy $100 worth of stock um, with, with $50 down. Okay, now that stock goes up to $200. And in general, basically the way to think about it with stocks is you can always borrow 50% of the value. So right now I've only borrowed 50 bucks, but the stock's now worth 200. Okay, and technically half of 200 is 100. So I technically I got a little like $50 of wiggle room there to like borrow more. So what I can do is I can borrow that $50 and buy another $100 worth of stock because again, I only have to put down half. Um, so what happens is that now I have $300 worth of stock. Okay, so I have $300 worth of stock and I borrowed um, technically 150 
because I technically borrowed the, the full value of the purchase. But again, you notice I'm still right there at that, that 50% level. And then let's say later on the stock goes up to be $400 now. Okay, so $400, I have $150 with the loan. Again, I have 50 bucks worth of extra borrowing power. Okay, um, and that basically what you do is as long as everything keeps going up, you can just keep borrowing more and buying more. This accelerates the money you make. And this is all well and good is if when the stock's like, let's say a thousand and you're at the top or whatever and you sell it, you're out, you pay off the loan, you keep your profits, you walk away. The problem comes in is when you don't sell at the top, you waited so long, you might've made a lot of money on the way up, but you never actually sold the stock, you never actually sold the Bitcoin, you never actually sold the house. What happens is that now the value starts dropping and generally a condition on these loans is that if the if the asset, the thing that's collateralizing the loan drops below a certain value, they are going to repossess it. Because the last thing they want is that the value of the asset goes below the value of the loan. Okay, so if I borrow 50 bucks and the stock is at 70, okay, now that now you know they're starting to get kind of worried. They're like, okay, well, at this point, you know, the stock keeps going down, there might be a chance it goes below the $50 loan. And then we're not gonna be able to make all our money back. So generally at a certain point, and it depends on the loan for like stocks, generally when you go below 25% equity. Um, but once the, once the value of the asset goes below a certain level, they repossess the asset. They say, okay, you know what? This, this is not working out for you. You don't have to pay us back the money, but we're taking the stock and we're going to sell the stock, pay ourselves back and you're done. Um, and this is generally referred to as a margin call. Generally with a margin call, you do get, you're given like a warning and you have time to put more money in or more assets so that we can keep everything going. But essentially, even if you did put in more money, where's the money coming from? So in that case, you're probably going to have to go sell other assets you have to cover those margin calls. Okay. So again, basically here's you leverage yourself up by borrowing money on margin, getting borrowing money against the value of your assets. You kept doing this. And this works out because what happens if everybody's leveraging, if everybody's borrowing against the value of their assets, this continued buy pressure is causing the asset values to continue to go up, up, and up. Okay, so you, so everyone kind of keeps keeps borrowing, pushing the price up, borrowing against the increase in price, and this kind of creates like this sort of like endless, not and that's the thing, it's not endless cycle up, but eventually you get to a point where you've kind of there's no one like basically it's always the, basically prices going up depend on there being more buyers. Eventually what's going to happen is that everyone who's going to buy has bought and everyone who's bought that can borrow more has probably borrowed as much as they're going to be able to borrow. So you lose you eventually like the price going up just loses momentum. And when the price starts going down, those people who got in late, they're going to be the first ones to kind of really feel the pinch and now they're going to go sell their assets. The price goes down. That causes other people to sell their assets. The price goes down. Um, and then you have also people who are short sellers who are are, are are cashing in their positions. So you then, so basically there's always like this momentum. This is why like the market doesn't go in a straight line because there's always a momentum on the way up because everyone leverages and buys on the way up and then goes down. Now, does this mean like, does this necessarily mean like these peaks and valleys represent the true value of the asset? No, like usually you can kind of like average, if you really want to see sort of like the fair value of the asset, you, you can kind of like do like a 50 day moving average or a 20 day moving average or something like that um, to kind of get a smoother line to get an idea of like sort of like where's the truth in the middle. 
But the point is like right now, what happens is that when interest rates go up, the cost now now the cost to borrow that money is higher. So if you're paying a lot more interest for assets that return you a lot less than the interest you're paying, you might as well get out of those investments. So this causes basically a lot of people to be to you, you exercise a lot less leverage. They're going to borrow a lot less money to invest because they're like, okay, well I'm paying more interest. If I, why would I pay five percent interest on something that only returns three percent? That doesn't make sense. So people start pulling out of their investments. This causes the asset prices to drop which causes more people to get out of investments because of the margin calls and, and things like that. And this just causes this big momentum. And that's the kind of thing we're going now. No one knows how high interest rates are going to go before like all this kind of, you know, inflation finally ends. And generally, if you understand like Fed policy, generally what happens is, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the, audacious, the audaciousness of, of policy or the, the um, hubris of policy where basically... People think they can like really micromanage the economy. Really, they can't, because oftentimes what happens with the Fed is that the effects of their policies aren't really known until it's too late. So if they put too much money into the economy, well, they probably they won't know they did until after they see the inflation, which is like months and months and months after the initial injection. So the time that they should have like pulled back has already passed. Now the inflation's there. So then oftentimes then they have to kind of do like a really, sh you know, like sh quick turn to the opposite direction and they pull money out and like how they don't know that they've pulled out enough money until they see the, the inflation slow down. But by the time the inflation has slowed down to where you want it, you've probably already pulled too much. Okay. And then you kind of go into like this recessionary environment. Like it's really, it's not something you can really like micromanage because the feedback mechanism is really, really slow. Which is generally like why generally you want hands off money for the most part. Okay. You want to like, there's no like perfect because you, you, you know, there's, there's issues with a stable supply. There's issues with stable rates. At the end of the day, you want a free, you want free market prices for money. Okay. So that way, like market participants can then like better predict what to expect. And you have like these less violent gyrations. Um, and they're more insulated because again, like there's a lot, I mean, people have much more exposure to financial institutions today, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, like your average person doesn't have like a margin loan. Okay. And if in, I mean, maybe a little bit more today because of things like Robin Hood, but even then you're, uh, Robin Hood's not letting you take out as much margin as like you can in other financial institutions if you are a more sophisticated investor. Um, but yeah, so basically, hopefully this helps explain like the financial asset movements. So again, this is why you should always make sure like you have cash on the side, because when you have moments like this, as everyone delivers, you're going to have buying opportunities. You know, you don't know exactly when the bottom is. So this is why people employ strategies like dollar cost averaging, where, you know, while the thing goes down, just put in a little money periodically once a month or once a week. So that way, you know, you're not putting all your money now in case today today's not the bottom, but you have some money put in now in case it is. Um, and, you know, you just continue buying. And then when eventually when it hits the bottom, it goes back up. You know, you're, you're making as it, keep, as it starts climbing and that the momentum reverses, you'll, you'll make money on that trip back up. Like I remember back this back in like 2008 and, you know, back in those days, I was just kind of getting into the workforce. So I didn't really have cash on the side and man, did I miss out on a lot of opportunities. 
But long as you kind of understand sort of the cycles of financial assets go, and again, oftentimes it's not necessarily about the value. And oftentimes like a company can get good news, but still ends up being bad for the stock. Because again, the market isn't priced based on what things are worth now. Market prices are best guesses of where the future is going. Market prices are future facing. So generally as prices change, what you're seeing is that the expectation, you're seeing a reflection of one uh, expectations changing. And then also, you know, economic facts like, you know, interest rates and whatnot and their effects on leveraging uh, having an effect on the price. As long as you're aware of these things, it gets a little bit easier to kind of take a look at the market and not freak out. So my name is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. Um, you can basically right now I'm, I've been doing a lot more of my politics and economics under the Twitter handle Lovetarian. Um, but if you look up Alex Merced, you'll find me. Um, and also make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just look up Alex Merced on YouTube. You'll find all my YouTube channels and uh, subscribe to this podcast. Otherwise, have a great day. Enjoy and I'll see you all later.